my name is Dave Hanratty and there will be no encore. Welcome back to the studio, Nilo. Hello, sir. What's the crack, Dave? How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm grand, yeah. It's been a busy week. Adam, how's your week? I'm good. Hanging in there. Scratch my car today. Not great. Good man. <laughs> nice oh, man. Hanging in there. Yeah, my car broke down today. It's not good, is it? It's not it's a good bad week. day for cars, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great day for the motor insurance industry. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't drive, so I don't have these problems. But I did scratch some emotion this week, guys. I went to see explosions in the sky in Vicar Street mm. during the week. Had a big old cry about my dad. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's lovely. <laughs> it was lovely. It was it was that kind of gig, you know? It was an emotional time. So, yeah. yeah. But there was. Like, I mean, it, it, was, uh, it was... I went with Hugh Carr, friend of the show, former guest, future guest. And he'd never seen them before. And he quite liked it. It was my seventh time seeing the Ooh, band. I remember, I have a memory of being on acid and then sitting beside you <laughs> at Explosions in the Sky. Was that, is that hot? That, that hot? was right before the pandemic, was wasn't it? Yeah. Four years ago. Yeah. Fuck. And it, man, I hate, Vicar Street is around the corner from a gaff and I always see things like that on and I just can't go. I'm just too busy sometimes. It's so annoying because like you're literally like, I could walk from my house right now. And watch explosions in the sky. Yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, I woke up that morning very much not in a gig mood, and I kind yeah. of powered through, and I went to it. I'm glad I did. I mean, like I say, it's my seventh time seeing them. It wasn't the best they've ever been. Right. But it was very, very good. I, w- I don't think I'd be able to differentiate if they're good or not. <laughs> That's fair, the kind yeah, of music that it is, yeah. I yeah. mean, it was more the set list, which again, right. uh, you know, but like, it's so funny because they started off and like, you know, the second they played the very first note of the very first song, like, there were lads being like, oh, here we go. And I like, <laughs> oh. one guy just like started laughing next to me and he went like, he went like, one note. Like, what the fuck? Like, everyone's listening to their minds. <laughs> and, but, it, but it is like kind of a, everyone's just, you know, everyone's there to be blown away emotionally. Yeah. But there was, there was, um, there was a couple in my line of sight and I like, it was just, it was very distracting because like the girlfriend of the couple kept looking at her boyfriend. and mm-hmm. I, I couldn't tell at first if she was looking at the balcony or if she was just looking at her boyfriend because she kept looking at her boyfriend with like this kind of awestruck reverie on her face. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, one of two things is happening here. I was like, one is she's like, I love this man so much. Mm. I am so attracted to my boyfriend right now it's going to be amazing you know like this is my future and everything is great and I'm mm-hmm. here supporting him at his gig because he was just staring straight ahead the whole time <laughs> so no interaction with there her. were two very not, different priorities not really yeah two people, like yeah. but she was just looking at him with like goo goo eyes and I was like so it's either that or it's that or it's a combination of the other thing which I thought I was like maybe at one point she's just like really this uh, <laughs> this is your band okay because <laughs> it was so clear that she was like yeah this is nice but you know I'm here for him. Do you know that's a lot of people think explosions in the sky are lame? Who thinks this? Do you think this? No, I love them. Yeah. And I've always loved them. But uh, I listened to them in my car a few times with people in it. Because I like to listen to like more chilled out stuff when I'm driving around, especially with someone. Because I find that lyrics distract me from a conversation as well. So if I have explosions in the sky on low in the background, it's nice. But like a few times people have been like, who's this? Oh, you like, you're into post-rock, are you? And be like, oh, that's kind of lame. Like, post-rock is yeah, lame. Yeah. Whoever said that is lame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, what I mean. I, I'm flipping the script right yeah, now. Well, and then I was asking, I won't tell you who it is, but I was asking them, I was like, well, what do you like? And they're like, oh, you know, like techno, like stuff like that. And I was like, well, to me, that's lame. So, like, Do I know who this person is? You probably know them, yeah. You tell me off record, yeah, off yeah, mic. Yeah. We, you, could, you could say it and we could bleep it. <laughs> that's I, I love a good bleep. <laughs> uh, it was...
Yeah, from yeah, oh, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> really? Yeah. Of all people, I would yeah. not have thought him. Yeah. That, that's shot. He, he was in it. a. He was in a sim. He was a post rock band, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. He was we'll there. leave that. We'll, we'll leave the second part. Yeah, in. I'm going to have to. Yeah, that's really not burying the lead. That's <laughs> digging up the lead. No, fact. no, no, no. Keep that second part in because people will, will, will try and guess who it is. Okay, but, fair enough. Um, I'm very, I'm very surprised by that, and I like him, but I will say he's wrong. Very wrong. And he can go off and listen to his techno. Welcome on the show anytime, mystery person. But uh, it was a very fun show. I enjoyed it. You know, it's it's an emotional thing. And yeah, like I said, there was that moment where, you know, I think it was during your hand and mine. Like, what else? And again, mm. when that song comes out, everyone's like, whoa! There was lots of people, there's lots of that. There was lots of every now and then they'd be like, like Hugh Carr was pissing himself because every now and then there'd be a man like in the corner of the room just going, yeah! and it was like, <laughs> like it's such a funny uh, type of music to have a reaction like that too. You know? Very strange. Yes! Otherwise, it's very, like, it's a very polite crowd. Otherwise, like you know, it's like although there was a point when I tried also, to get. Sorry to interrupt you. Who the fuck stands for those gigs? Did I did. Stand? I did this time. Yeah. That's crazy. I to made. Me. A, I, I think it was a mistake. Yeah, it is a mistake. I sat for the last one, but I've generally because I've seen them every time they played Vicar Street since at least 2011. Saw them in tripod, saw them electric picnic. So yeah, I think I only sat with them once. But mm. no, it is. I, I I think I just made a bit of an error when the tickets came out. I was panicking. I was like, this is going to sell out straight away. I don't even know if it did sell out in the end. It was pretty busy though. But I it's very sitting is a vibe for those kind of gigs. Definitely that yeah. that one there, like before the pandemic, was fucking incredible. And mm. we were like kind of sitting like front row ish in Vicar Street. Mm. But yeah, people were kind of like you know trying to get back from the bar was a bit of a struggle. People were just like locking up, and I was like, I'm just trying to get back to my mate there. You know, it's lots of middle aged men looking mm. grouchy. You know, having their post rock moment, including myself, which happened during your hand in mine. I just like I just had that moment where I just thought of my dad and I, I was just kind of like you know what fuck it and it was as if you know if you had like an emotionometer I like cranked it, it all the way up to like 12 <laughs> and I had a little cry and it was nice Public you know? crying is pretty cathartic I think Public crying is pretty underrated. Do it all the time. Listen, we're going to do later <laughs> later in the show. We're going to do um, we're going to do top five Irish hip hop acts as Ooh. chosen by Nilo. But I think it's a nice segue to talk about you, sir. Mm. Public crying, new <laughs> new Nilo album. Loves <laughs> <laughs> that one. There is a new Nilo album on the way very soon. November seventeenth is the release date for November Medicine. Let's have a listen to one of the tracks, shall we? I'm not cozy in my own skin, my whole skin is covered in scribbles like an old skin My old king, you're tossing the alley like an old pin Your soul twin, she put a saddle on you like the horse that I rode in Who's voting for these narcissistic leaders we vote in They promise us the stars when the ballot is open I need to build a brand new mechanism for coping The old one's sailing through the planets, hope I find peace when it lands But I hope you find peace, I hope your friends eat I hope that they feast, I hope that you can avoid jail time And that your canine live to the age of 99 I was in the back of the four course Just watching my life go off course I seen both sides of the law like iced tea Used to hang out getting pissed in the porch With the boys like Mike C The dress code was strictly dark Trolls and black flags like Mike Fee Scrapping dogs with our backs to the wall like Mike Fee I've been mapping how to go with the flow like Tai Chi This is me just painting pictures with pros or high key Welcome to the 25th hour with Spike Lee Are we living in the last of the system? We might be The final days of capitalism look likely Prophetic visions, nightmares and dreams come nightly I might see you on the other side, baby, come find me That is, appropriately enough, Tears You Cry From November Medicine, the new album by Nilo Before we get into any other question, I have to ask Because I was delighted to hear it in the lyrics 25th Hour by Spike Lee mm, What a flick, bro What a shout out What a great film I saw that when I was, oh, when it came out So that's what, 2002 So it was what, like, kind of 
coming out of my teens mm. and I thought it was the truth you know mm. like that big mirror scene I was like I love when, when you say that the, <laughs> the truth the yeah. truth is usually me being like I was a moron who thought that, no, I was it, obsessed it, with this thing like, it's yeah, a yeah. really good movie Edward Norton yeah uh, if anyone hasn't seen it before I'd highly recommend it even though it's somewhat problematic but it is it's a very fired up post 9-11 New York movie what do you find odd the racism and stuff from there's lots of racism in it It's because the whole point is that his character is reckoning with who he really is and Mm. there's the big monologue during the middle where Mm. he's you know, it's his alter ego supposedly speaking mm. to him in the mirror and it's this giant rant about, you know, racism and classism yeah. and everything. And, you know, he's kind of like looking disgusted at himself, but it's like, oh, is this who I really am? Um, mm. And I, I, at the time, I thought that was an incredibly incendiary monologue. It is. But I wonder, like, the, when I when I kind of rewatched it, I'm like, oh, shit, is this actually like, is this surface level or is it making a bigger point? But that's kind of true of a lot of Spike well, I movies. I that monologue in hindsight is a little bit unnecessary for the film like it does, the film doesn't need that it's very written yeah and it's very like besides the point of the film as well kind of I think yeah I mean it's, it's definitely an excuse for Spike Lee to do his filmmaking yeah. because he he really goes for it in that very Spike Lee kind of way uh, but it all comes down to the whole point is that you know he's like no you fucked it all up Montgomery yeah. Brogan you dumb fuck um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give, give Ed Norton the Oscar but yeah I was just when that when that lyric popped out that's my that's my eyebrows raising all the way up so <laughs> um, yeah so let's talk about it it's the second album and mm-hmm. to ask the most cliched question of all time which I love asking was it a difficult second album <laughs> no it was actually really easy to write um, I found it pretty easy to write I mean the guy that helped me is sitting over there texting on his phone not paying attention to yeah. us um did yeah, no, easy? I I don't know. It's like it was this. It felt like the same process as the first. Adam's one. the producer, yeah. everybody. Just in yes. case anyone hasn't. Yes. Along this. with along with others, I can't mm-hmm. take full. full well, you were the full like uh, I would say overarching producer on it. Yeah, I definitely yeah. Is, I saw it through from start to finish. But like, yeah. I think it felt like again. It felt like the same process. That process that worked on the first one mm-hmm. in the sense of it was like let's just do a lot of things. Let's just keep throwing these ideas down and mm. seeing what kind of stands the test of time and I do think the ones that made it onto the record are the ones that were the the kind of ones on repeat and mm. um, certainly for me mm-hmm. um, but as well it was like it, the process maybe was slightly different as well as a bit maybe more immersive um, I think to go into the beekeepers particularly mm. uh, that was certainly my that was stand more, at, that was more at the end, I guess, of the record, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it at the yeah. end of the writing process, we'll say. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and it was kind of just like getting everything tidied up and maybe yeah. finishing off a few extra bits. But like it, that to me was like the standout moment. It just felt like that was when it all coalesced. It was yeah. like the first time it really felt like yeah. it was kind of getting to that place. I think writing it was like easy for me anyway. Like it, it, I didn't struggle like at any point and be like, oh, I can't write these songs anymore. You know what I mean? Or I can't get... Like I can't get things out. Anytime I heard a piece of music that I liked, I would write e- very easily to it. Like it's almost been since I since I finished it. That's been the difficult time. It's been like battling with the music industry, which is extremely difficult at the moment. You know, especially as an independent artist, it's just like fucking crazy, man. What have you been finding in that regard? Like, what has been kind of the biggest struggles? Everything. Like, it, I think what's so hard. What I find so hard about it is like that. You know some people are selling products you know and like we're selling ourselves and the way the algorithm treats you these days or the way that you have to play it I find really soul destroying because like some days you'll get something deadly and you might get 20,000 views in a fucking hour and then the next day you might get fucking 10 and that the feeling 
really hurts of that, you know. Even even when you try to like uh, take away the investment and be like, oh, I won't be as invested in the you know the outcome of this. Like I'm confident in the art. Like you can't really help it, you know. And then there's the other side of it where it's like you don't just write songs anymore. You have to do 50 things. You almost oh, yeah. have to yeah. be an influencer. You have to be your own shop, marketing, PR, like all that stuff, you know? And have your own personal life as well. Yeah, and then try to hold down a job at the same time, like to pay rent and stuff. So that that's the part I really struggle with. And then, you know, also having to look towards the UK all the time in terms of like, you know, there is no real like labels over here that will invest in someone like me. So I had to look to the UK multiple times to have conversations about money. You know, and then those conversations will go on for months and months and months. You'll be offered something, then something gets fucked up, nothing materializes, and then you're back at square one. Like that happened twice, you know? I find it surprising that you say that because, you know, we're allegedly in this quote unquote golden age of Irish hip hop. Or is nah, that overblown? That. Has that become a cliche? Is that does that make you roll your eyes? Like I, I think I, there's I'm surprised a, that there's no label interest really. I think there's well, there there's no labels in Ireland That's in terms of that. That's what I mean. There's label interest from the UK, but like there's more specialist areas. Yeah, as well. exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. But I think the golden age of Irish we have enough artists for that. We have enough really quality like hip hop artists and we can we'll talk about it later on but um i think there's just the infrastructure is lacking over here also a smaller market you know it's, it's fucking hard man it it's is. also I, I wonder as well if it's a, if it if it's kind of a victim of what's trendy now because for example like yeah. on, like so when this podcast podcast comes out on the friday i'm going to be on arena on the evening mm. reviewing among things the new john francis Flynn album mm. so he's very much in the folk mm. traditional irish kind of revival Amazing, area yeah. and he's fantastic that album is fucking brilliant the scratch at the album out last week which is incredible as well yeah. the scratch yeah. also like yeah. played what two sold out nice vicar street this week yeah, a huge live buzz reaction Action. Obviously, Lancome always in the conversation. Like yeah. the conversation, I think I think has moved on in some regards. It's not just a revival. It's it's now like you have to be this good. But obviously, mm. that's where the media attention has been. And there was, it felt like every week there was an article, whether it was the Irish Times or whichever, being like you know about hip hop, but the Irish hip hop, yeah, like yeah. media. And I wonder if like have we moved on? Like, like for, I think, from a pop culture perspective or something. I think, Things go in ebbs and flows. Like, that's the way music works. You know, things are trendy one day. Like, electronic music is huge right now as well. You know, so those two things are taking up a lot of space, you know. Like, hip-hop will always have a place, but, like, three years down the line, I'm very confident we'll be having a different conversation again. You know, and, like, you know, with music, like, it's all about trends. Like, things are cool one year, not the next. You know what I mean? It just, and you have to be able to get roll with the punches with that. I think there was a time where, it felt like Irish hip hop was really on the cusp of blowing up and finding our own sound, you know, but I guess we, we, we just didn't get there, you know, certain artists, I think that were supposed to get to the next level probably didn't get that far, you know, like I'd say kneecap are probably the ones like carrying the torture at the moment, you know, but, they could be almost something separate to hip hop. They're almost punk in a way, you know. Yeah, they're kind of an outlier, and yeah. they and they they're getting international attention as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like Rolling yeah. Stone did a big photo yeah. feature on them recently, and obviously that film is being made with Michael Fassbender about yeah. them, which I was like, is this a real story? Yeah. It is. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Um, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, as you say, they could be like the Needle in the Haystack thing. Yeah, and they're just. Well, the, the thing is, there is loads of like Irish hip hop that is getting like almost more attention than Nikab is just a different kind like Drill and stuff is huge like Officer is massive you know yep. what I mean Drahada like, Drahada native yeah. <laughs> you know so like my beloved Drahada there is but yeah I think just as a whole it's, it, it didn't have the moment that we thought it was going to have you know so how does that how does that contrast and collide with the fact that you're out here making this yet again yet again I say on your second album but yeah. in terms of the output of the songs as well like I mean you're making music that is really fucking emotional yeah, like you're yeah. pouring so much like this is not just here's my ability you know yeah, it, it's yeah, your yeah. life so like it's yeah. not a difficult thing to reckon with 
Oh, definitely. Yeah, I struggle with that as well, but it's it's the only way I can do it, really. You know, like I can't do I'm, a surface level rap song. Yeah, I'm too old at this stage to like do anything other than I want. Like if I if I started trying to do something just because I thought people would, you know, respond in a different way to it, I just wouldn't do this anymore. You know what I mean? I do it for myself first. Like the I got the most fucking enjoyment out of all those songs than anybody ever will after I wrote them. You yeah, know? Yeah. Like when I wrote like I would have come in with Adam and I'd record a vocal or something like that and then probably listen to it for a month straight and get so much enjoyment out of it. It'd be like it's so cathartic just being like fuck that came from me. I was able to transmute this pain into something real, something that sounds good, sounds like fucking like like I know what I'm doing, you know. Like and, and uh, I think it was it was better with this album because like I am better at doing it, and so I'm more comfortable, so I can take more of those emotions and put it into a song better, you know. Is it is it hard though? Because so the first album comes out and it, like the critics who reviewed it all from what I saw, you yeah. know, gave it very glowing appraisals. Mm-hmm. It did connect with an awful lot of people. Mm. And I know that for you, you know, you had it for a long time and then you're kind of moving on, you're a different headspace, you're writing mm. these new songs. And so at a certain point, I wonder if you began to have a, you know, you kind of closed the door on that album. Because mm. you've said to me, you're like, you're like, this album's better. Mm. You're like, you're like, this is me at my best. Mm. But people love the first one. Mm. So how, like, how do they combine? Like, like, what's the relationship between the two of them? Is it, are they completely different states of mind? No, they're, they're actually, there's a lot of similarities between the two. Like there's... I mean, obviously, I'm going to talk about the same shit because it's still me. It's your life, yeah. Yeah, it's my life, yeah. So that it's just a different chapter of life, and like it, the voice notes are there again, like because I, I think that was a really something that really tied everything together really well last time. You have you know? to do it on every album, though. Yeah, like, yeah, and I, and I'm okay with that because they're real. You know what I mean? Like, well, the first one on this one is yeah. extremely personal. Yeah, yeah and yeah. you're telling the world, yeah, where you're at and yeah. what's happening in your life, and you know, yeah. over to you because yeah, I'm not going to spell it out. But like, <laughs> that's do you have to get permission to put that in there? Like, how does that work? No, like that's like that's just my story. You know what I mean? So I think the. Do you mean talking about a relationship? Is that yeah, separation yeah. and you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, so I mean, yeah, it's open a, to a relationship interp- breaking down and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's open to interpretation. Who that's to, you know? what I mean, sure. that could be to my son, could be to anybody. Like, so that's um, the only thing I need permission for is, or well, obviously I do have permission, but like, I don't worry about it because I've never said anything bad about anybody on a record. And I think that's the difference right there. If I was pointing fingers and being like, you did this, you did that, you stabbed me in the back, like you hurt me, you did whatever, that would be a thing where it's like, okay, you're already putting someone on blast there. But if it's my shit and I'm pointing that finger internally and going, here, this is where I fucked up. I did this, I did that. I think that's a different story. You know? what, uh, what Irish artist would you call out if you had to? <laughs> what a question. Ooh, who would I call out? Trying to think. Do it right now on the show. I'll probably just side, sidestep that one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> humor, humor me. <laughs> Picture this. We're coming for you. Well, I've, I, I, I've, I've done that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, Chase and Abby. Oh, my Johnny. Oh, my Johnny. You don't like that great song? <laughs> nah, fair play to the lads. One of the best songs of the year, I'd say. Adam is a big fan. Oh yeah! No comment. You know what happened to me? Like, did you see? I made a TikTok like slagging that song, like messing. Yeah. I'm not on TikTok, Neil. I'm 39. Right, right. I, I made a TikTok just being like, uh, like it's that song playing, and then me just laughing or whatever because I was just Finnegan's like, Ball, isn't it? Finnegan is it Finnegan's Ball? Finnegan's it's called, Ball. Yeah. yeah, I stepped out. You stepped in again. Yeah, that one. But anyway, I made it one, and I went fucking viral, of course, <laughs> and I fucked it because karma is, is real, and now I cannot get that song in my head for a month straight since. 
So like, yeah. literally, that's the that's soundtrack to my brain. It's I don't like, think you just did good promotion for them. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, no. And that's the thing, you know what I mean? Like, that's what it is. It's true. I don't mind that. Ireland's too small. This is the problem. Yeah. Everyone knows everybody. Yeah. Uh, bringing it back to the album, though, and kind of like that level of personal, because you mentioned him a couple of times, like, you know, your son is in your music now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, literally lyrics about him. Mm-hmm. He's in a video. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, is that ever a consideration? Because, you know, some people are ex- incredibly private about the personalized, whereas you're like, as you say, you're like, this is me. Mm. This is my life. Will your son turn around one day and be like, how dare you? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> you owe me royalties, Dad. <laughs> For what? Like, Just using his name. His, using his, his name? His brand. You know, we're, we're building a brand here. <laughs> what are you talking about? I just kind of feel like, you know, like it's 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 interesting territory, you know, to kind of to, to, to go there. Elaborate on that. I, well, I don't have a child. Yeah. So, but I, you know, I just find that like some people are very private about their personal lives, mm-hmm. whereas you're like, I will literally bring them into my story and I'll yeah, put that in my music. it's real. But not know? everyone has that level of just like, you know, I will do this. Some people are just extremely like closed off with their music. That's true. And like some people think, right, the more cryptic you make, make lyrics means they're better. Yeah, exactly. I mean? Yeah. And I, the only reason I do it like this is because I don't know any other way. You know, I've tried to write like more cryptic lyrics, but they just sound cheesy and shit. So I'm just like, here I am. Just fucking, that's what music is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now I want to hear some of those cryptic lyrics, though. <laughs> <laughs> They're not good. <laughs> Got a hard drive full of them. <laughs> <laughs> but did you feel any pressure on this one? Again, considering the fact that the reception of the first one was so strong and also, you know, just like... I don't know, like, like, what's your self-assessment like? Because I find that whether it's even episode of this podcast, I'll mm. be like, I'll listen back to one of them, and I'm like, that's pretty fucking good. Mm. I'll listen back to another one, and I'm like, that's terrible. Mm. And I'm like, but it's all out there, you know? Mm. It's all me rambling in front of a microphone. Yeah, so you can't go in hindsight. Yeah. Because no. I have this idea about songs where it's like, you think every song is good until you write another one. And that's mm-hmm. the real good test of it, is like, like I'll come away from a song, me and Adam would work on a song, and then the next day I'd be like, fuck, that's amazing. And then... A couple of days later when you start to write another one you might be like ah that one's not as good you know so like he's the real test i guess and then like just how much you love it yourself is the real test like i know the ones i go back to after i've written a few the ones i keep going back to they're the ones that i really like you know yeah, you so, gotta trust yourself i think yeah you're like you as a, you and i mean you as in the artist mm. is the best filter in that regard and knowing when to be able to stand there and say yeah, this is good. This is good. This is good. Mm. When you have, especially when you have a collection of things, when you can kind of pick, cherry pick the good mm-hmm. ones that you believe in out of everything. I think that's how you get the qu- like, you know, the quality result at the end of the long form project mm-hmm. because you're able to stand behind what you're saying. Then mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and like back yourself. You have to be willing to throw them away as well. Yeah, you know, you can't be too precious about them. Like if the, if it's a really fine line, isn't it? If some of them aren't good, and you yeah. just have to like move on, you know, and that's hard sometimes. But like you just do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's quality control. Not again. Yeah. Another thing, not every artist has because yeah. like it's it, you have that mindset of like this is all great. I think I'm lucky in the fact that it's like it's just me. So like. If I want to make another one, I can do it right now. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not like I have to get five people in a room, and like make you know, say like you two or something like that. They're gonna have a finite amount of 
good songs. So if, like if some of them aren't actually good, they're probably lying to themselves sometimes. You know what I mean? Being like, ah, oh, it is good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it cuts down on the choice. It cuts down on the arguments as well with someone who you're like, you're like, oh, I don't want to tell them that that part sucks. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, it's yeah. all me, baby. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Although you do, you got freaking collaborators, collaborators though. You know, and you yeah. were kind of something of a band leader on the last album. And this one, a bit more stripped back. Yeah, like, kind of drumless tracks and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, drumless shit. Yeah. Was that like a decision? Yeah, uh, not a decision. Just kind of what was inspiring me at the time. Like I. That's the kind of hip hop I like, like Mike, Navy Blue, Earl Sweatshirt and stuff. And even though I don't really rap like them, that's the kind of beats that I like, you know. Yeah, that was what was what was hitting me at the time. You did, uh, you dipped a toe back into the hardcore world, though. Like, a little bit, yeah. You you picked up the old frustration microphone on, yeah. on occasion. What's that like going back into that world? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I really enjoy it. Yeah, it fucks your voice though. Do you? <laughs> does it feel different? Like, does it feel markedly different from what you do as Nilo? Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, it does. Be. It's even. It's a lot. It's harder and easier. It's hard. It's easier because the crowd is like ready to go. So like, all you have to do is start screaming, and pe- and people are gonna go crazy. <laughs> like, especially with the band as well. It's like much more. Like with Nilo, it's much harder because you're fucking carrying everything. Right. Whereas you have a full band playing deadly riffs behind you. Like you can't lose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you'd have to really suck to lose, you know? <laughs> you'd have to stop trying really, you know? So uh, no, I really enjoy doing frustration sometimes. Yeah, we do like one gig every year or two. I'd love to know yeah. the crossover of fans, like, you know, because it, it's a different, there's a few, it's pretty there's a big. Few, yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah, Different vibe though. I yeah. think the, the Button Factory gig was a real uh, acid test of, you know, there was a lot of hardcore merch yeah, <laughs> at that show. Yeah, and it's like, an interesting mix of people, isn't it? Definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good, to, but like, it, that's the scene though as well. Like, everyone's a real, like, it's a big, like, there's a, I don't know, it's a great community there, I mm. think, from the, you know, limited exposure I've had to it, it seems like people do back. They're very supportive. Yeah, very, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they do back each other. You and know there's actually mean? quite a uh, crossover in taste. Like, I don't know if you've heard of Outbreak Fest. This is like a big festival over in the UK. So Frustration started playing it. The first ever Outbreak Fest was 300 people. And the last one they did last year was 10,000. Nice. And they had Turnstile, um, Earl Sweatshirt played it, Mike played it, Wiki, like loads of people. So they had like proper hip hop and hardcore crossovers, which is mental. Like. Nice. I love Turn yeah. Cell. I really want to see them live. Yeah, that's cool, yeah. Um, so November Medicine is the album. It's out on the 17th. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the through line? Uh, like, what do you want to say with this and what do you want people to take from it? I just wanted to express my emotions. Like, I don't have any anything else, really. Just fucking get it out in the world. Like, don't have a choice to do anything else. You know what I mean? This is what I do. Yeah. There's no, like, overarching message. Yeah, it's literally you just don't like, sit down with, like, a journal of thoughts or anything. No, not really. <laughs> like, I think, if anything, what we're talking about is, like, it's okay to express yourself, you know what I mean? Like, as long as you're not saying bad shit about people, you can say whatever you want, and if it, if it's healing for you, it's healing for you, and that's the main thing. Was there a point, like, I guess, lastly, because, like, I, again, to bring it back to, like, you know, me at the Exposing the Sky gig mm. and you on this record, like... Uh, not that I think I ever really did, but you probably did. I don't feel any fucking shame mm. about that kind of thing. No. Of course, at the same time, I think we are, are also in a different time period of the world where maybe it's coming back around again. I've seen people say stuff like, well, actually, you know, men talking about their mental health problems is now going to lead to a very toxic thing because they think they can get away with stuff. And I'm like, well, that's just Twitter being Twitter. I don't think that's true. <laughs> yeah, it depends on the fucking person and, and the case by case basis. But I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, like, absolutely. Yeah, if someone's being a cunt, or being yeah, a cunt, it's not an excuse yeah. to be a prick. Obviously, yeah, yeah, in never. Many, and no mental health is, you know, no, no matter how not. bad or, or 
or what you have is never an excuse no. to be. And you don't want to glamorize it or glorify it. It's none of no. those things. But like, you know, like the other night when I when I when I put up that thing on Instagram about that, I I, I used the word great. I said it, it said it felt great because it did feel great. Mm-hmm. And like it's funny because that, that morning I was talking to Adam and I was saying, oh, I'm not really in the mood today for this gig. And you were saying maybe it'll feel cathartic. Mm-hmm. And at half ten in the morning, I I could not see that. Mm-hmm. But at half ten that night, I did see mm-hmm. that. And I guess that's the, that's the power of music, guys. But I mean, like, I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to ask you is like, I mean. Did, was there a point in your life when you came to that moment of like, did it, was there ever a change? Because like, I've always considered myself a very open person, mm. but like, I don't think I was. I, I think I've, I think my brain has tricked me to say that I was, but I don't mm. think, I think it did happen some, some place in the last 10 years. Mm. And maybe it's that classic getting older bullshit, but mm. I just think with the music that you make and the fact that you are so unflinching mm. and seemingly unafraid, mm. was there ever a point where you kind of just went, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to put myself out there. Yeah, I think when I started writing songs, like when I started writing like uh, hip hop songs, I think that was the moment because it was more like talking. So I was like, oh, how do I do this? Because like, I, I don't really do the braggadocious stuff at all. You know, it doesn't really suit me. And like, that's... <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And, that, and that's why I, I suppose I have enough to talk about without doing that. I don't want to, and I don't want to hear some guy talking about how good he is at rapping. Like, that's boring to me. It's like, that's not real. It's just fictitious. You're not the best rapper in the world. There's only one or two of them. You know what I mean? So, like, there's only one or two people that can do that with honesty and integrity, you know? So, like, I don't want to hear some person talking about that. So, that's why I don't do it. But, like, yeah, I think I've just, I've always been pretty, like, zero to 100 in terms of talking about anything. Like, in conversation. Like, whether in music I have been like that. I guess hardcore is such a different... When I look back in the lyrics I wrote for hardcore now and I'm just like, they're so depressing. And, like, these new ones are depressing, but in a different way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Hardcore uh, lyrics are often indecipherable, though, when you're at yeah. the gig. You're like, he's just screaming at me. I don't know what he's they're saying. They're kind of middle of the road as well. Like, Converge are one know? of my favourite bands ever, and I'm like, yeah. I don't fucking know what he's saying. Like, yeah, yeah, you read them yeah, after, he's really like, wow, lyrics, he does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jacob Bannon, he yeah, actually really does. Good lyrics, yeah, but, uh, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, listen, uh, November Medicine is the album. It's out on the 17th. Buy the vinyl, fucking buy the cassette tape, whatever. Buy a VHS copy of it if you see it somewhere on some market stall. Support Nilo, support the music. Thank it's a great you. album. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, we're going to jump Adam into Shannon. Uh, uh, yeah, shout out to Sonic Architect Adam as well, who. You Along know. for the ride, second time around. <laughs> yeah, it's good, boys. It's nice to see it get its time out there, you know? Yeah. Um, because, like you say, sometimes it can when the the journey feels really arduous and stuff it can feel like it's never going to happen oh my god it's so like I I didn't know I was going to get it out to be honest like it just took so much out of me and it still is taking so much out of me you know what I mean without like a manager or a label it's so hard to do it you know you'd almost be like is it worth it it's worth it yeah it is worth it thank you and I'm glad that you're doing it I'm glad that you're here thank you and I'm glad that you're going to be here for our news section shall we jump in you want (laughs) want to talk about the greatest rappers I've got one for you in this thing let's go (laughs) Start spreading the news. So yeah, we'll do a top five Irish hip hop later in the show, but it is our famous news section. And uh, Adam brought this one to the table because uh, <laughs> uh, Neil, are you familiar with the work of Machine Gun Kelly? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you think of him? He sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, does he, does he suck at, at, at hip hop or does he yeah, suck at pop well, punk? Because he's a savant. He's much like you. He dabbles between he, genres. Yeah, yeah, he switched it over as well. I gotta respect that. He went the other way though. That's right. He yeah. went like he 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 reverted from like twenty eight to thirty year old music back to fourteen year old music <laughs> uh, or twelve year old music. We'll say um, he's kind of like a 
busted for this generation. Oh wow! Right? What a what a what, what, what a description! Think? What a fitting description like for this episode, as you'll find it later the, on. That's the music he changed to. Like he was making, I wouldn't say good hip hop, but it, he can rap. He does his lyrics aren't good, but he can rap. But like, and then he changed to like, right? I'm just gonna write songs like. Like like busted basically, yeah, or like really juvenile Blink One Eighty Two, which is saying a lot. Well, the reason that we're talking about him, Adam, do you want to set this clip up? Do you do you want to give a little bit of an insight here before we give the game away? I would. Uh, uh, okay, so um, MGK appears. MGK, MGK <laughs> as he is colloquially known, as um, the fans call him. What, what, what was funny about that? Um, Just the fact that you abbreviate as if he's like, as if you're like his biggest fan. Right? Te- te- like, oh, let me tell you, I'm not. Um, I'm not familiar with his work other than the fact that Eminem absolutely took the legs from under him at one point. I will say, I've seen him in a couple of films, and he's not a terrible actor. Not a bad actor. Much yeah, to my yeah, chagrin, he's yeah, not a bad yeah. actor. Yeah, but bad he, person. He appeared. Bad rapper. He appeared on my television screen. Completely out of the blue, as I watched the Sao Paulo Grand Prix last Sunday, donned in luminous yellow, and of course, is like numerous chains and ri- chains and rings and all the rest of it. Sunglasses. And he, the the part of um, the Sao Paulo Grand Prix that he appeared on was Martin Brundle's grid walk, and these this usually brings. It's basically a man who is a former driver. He's like in his late fifties now. And he walks around with a microphone and interviews any celebrity that he sees, along with like people who are relevant to Formula One as well. But like the the big draw is when he catches a celebrity on the grid. There was an incident a few months ago with Cara Delevingne. It wasn't an incident. People got really mad about that. Of course they did. Because she was, I guess, not giving him the time of day or something. And he was like, you have to talk to me or something, wasn't it? No, it was, it was like, you know, he he was just prodding a little bit, trying to get an interview because that's what the producers in his ears are telling him to do is get the interview, get the interview. There's a celebrity, go get them, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And basically she was not up for the interview and he was prodding and poking and then poked a little bit of fun after her at the very end. Formula 1 fans got very mad because they were like, you, if you have to do it, if you're a celebrity, it's part of the gig. No, blah, blah, you blah, don't. Blah. It's, well, fr- it's free speech, Dave. <laughs> well, from one statuesque blonde to another, Machine Gun Kelly or MGK, as we're apparently going to call him. Yeah, MGK. Uh, met with Martin Brundle. Here's what happened. Stop and talk to Machine Gun Kelly. Hello, Martin Brundle, Sky F1. Good to see you. Uh, welcome to our grid. I have no idea what you said, but thank you. I said welcome to the grid. Ah, thank you, thank you. Honor to be here. Tell us about uh, your career at the moment. That's a, that's a puppy. What, what, what are you saying? Tell us about your career at the moment. What, what's going on for you? Um, oh, my career. I don't think about my career. I don't think about it. Uh, well, well, I'll tell you what, good luck with it, whatever you do. What do you think about our business in Formula One? business is great. It's loud. Your life's on the line. That's exciting. I was in a studio the other week and uh, Lewis Hamilton was in the other studio. That was nice. Yeah, yeah. It's been really good to see you. What do you What do you think about my business? Ah, we love your business okay. because there's always been a great synergy between the music business and the motor racing business. Somehow, when you, you go me, back decades, can you give me your best air guitar? I uh, no, I can't. I learned the piano once, and I know the middle yeah, C was near the lock, piano. and that's about it. Let's do an air piano and air guitar collaboration right now. Three, two, uh, one. There's millions. Oh. You do it. Piano, I, I can't keys. do it. I can't do it. Keys. I need keys. I need the piano. I probably need to get on, but uh, because we got some, we got some people to see. But they don't deserve my, they deserve my air. Uh, something tells me I won't be on his Christmas card list. But anyway, let's see what, 
let's see what's going on. Okay, so two things to take away from that. First thing, I don't think that Martin Brundle was being a good sport because he was not given any air keys or air guitar. That's true. And he could have had a laugh. And he just absolutely, he was the fucking biggest wet blanket in the world. Second thing, what kind of album is Lewis Hamilton making, everybody? (laughs) Also, uh, Martin Brundle, is that his name? Yeah. His question was crap. Is like, how's oh, your career? But this is what's thing, going so like, on for you? He is has, literally what he said. He has no <laughs> idea. Like he, he hasn't a clue how to talk to these people. That's how it's it's pure cringe comedy. It's so mm. funny because he like it's someone in his ears being like, "This is this person's yeah. name. They are this. Ask them and something that people can read off that energy, and that's where you get that type of interview because mm. because MGK is like, I don't, you don't care about me. I don't care about you. What that's am I what I want to say. How's my career? That's what I want to know. Did Machine Gun Kelly win this one? I think he did. <laughs> I think he did. I don't think there was a winner. That, that was <laughs> I was the winner getting to witness that because, oh my God, I was like, I couldn't look away, but I was like watching through like one eye open. Um, Awful stuff. I, I think that's <laughs> horrendous, yeah. I, but like any of the questions that like did land. I think none of those questions. None of them no, but like the whole none thing is, you know, um, what is it? What do you think about our business or whatever? And I love like, synergy or something. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. no, it wasn't. There's a brilliant synergy between motorsport and music. And music. What are you talking about? I don't mean what, about NASCAR or something. I, I don't mean what MGK was saying. MGK. Um, I don't mean what he was asking. I mean what like Martin Brundle asked when oh, he got sorry, a question yeah, yeah. in and it kind of resonated like it's by the way it's so fucking loud on those grids I love when the, he was like what I are you the, saying I, I, he is 100% right, not heard right, what he right. said so he wasn't being a douchebag he literally couldn't hear him oh, I would say 100% I yeah. do love the background noise I will say yeah it's nice it, it is nice yeah. it's, it's good, quite soothing good weekend activity get some good ASMR there's probably like some YouTube video like 10 hours of Formula 1 like like <laughs> to, to send you off to sleep there yeah, genuinely is sleep, yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry Adam <laughs> Yeah, I mean, okay, like that was that was pretty cringeworthy. But up next, um, hang on, no, uh, we won't we won't deploy the clip just yet. I enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, actually, no, fuck it, we will deploy oh, the Jesus clip. Jesus Christ! <laughs> okay, so this from one uh, again, another another blonde legend of the music industry. Uh, I'm going to bring us back to um, a couple of years ago, and I want you to picture, if you will, um, a man on a rooftop of a skyscraper, going about his musical business, and he's got some stuff to say, and here it is. Hi, people. United at home. The world is going through difficult times. And America, too, actually. So, last night, I knew we were going to do this. And I made a special record. So, this record is in honor of George Floyd. And I really hope we can see more unity and more peace when already things are so difficult. So, shout out to his family. difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. That was David Guetta, everybody. With sure his fucking was, yeah. With his sensitive tribute to George Floyd. Uh, <laughs> a clip I will never, ever, ever, ever get tired of. It's like a fucking good South Park joke. 
Yeah. It's like the best South Park joke that's ever been made. And that actually happened, by the way. Oh, yeah, he's trying to be sincere. It was it was some weird kind of like live stream he was doing. He was yeah, it was like a COVID thing because uh, there was lots yeah. of people on Zoom. There was like a big screen in front of his. And you his see people like grooving to it and stuff. I'm like, I, I genuinely like I, it's the, the cringiest thing of all time. I, I, it's worse than I remembered it being. Like I love when he's like, you know, the world's in a bad place and America too, actually. <laughs> and of course, the infamous shout out to his shout family. Out to his family. family. Shout out to his family. What the fuck? So uh, I'll explain why I'm talking about David again in a second. But I did, Adam. I found a couple of good YouTube comments on this oh, one. I can't, <laughs> I can't fucking wait. Somebody said, and I quote, I look to a day when people will not be judged by the colour of their skin, but by the sickness of their beats. <laughs> MLK. <laughs> and then someone else wrote, we don't grieve, we groove. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Oh, so yeah, David Guetta, uh, wonderful, wonderful DJ, who I saw live once on a trip, but didn't even know he was playing in the room I was in. I turned around I'd and there he was. That's how most people end up fucking seeing him. They don't realise he just pops up and does shit like this. He's very diminutive. Um, he is in the news this week because he's in insisted uh, that he's never faked his live shows or performed a pre-recorded set. Do we believe him? No. <laughs> no. In unison, I love it. Um, back in 2015, Dead Mouse, or Dead Mouse 5, as some people like to call him. Yeah, Charles Zimmerman is his real name. Called Geta, quote, a stupid fuck, end quote, <laughs> for using live horses in a nightclub appearance. And he also accused Geta over a decade ago of turning up at sets to just, quote, press play. Um, Geta responded at the time saying, for so many years I DJed in clubs and learned the hard way. He circled back in the debate this week. He said, I was looking online at Dead Mouse who was saying that every DJ, including me, is playing a pre-recorded set. I won't speak for other people, but I've never done that. You often see comments people saying, I do this, but it's not true. I love DJing, and DJing is about reading the crowd and connecting to them. Do you agree with that as a DJ, Adam? Uh, I mean, I would use the term DJ for me very tentatively, um, but... I think, yeah, what he's saying is true. I don't believe that he is telling the truth, if you know what I mean. Do you he think it's bad if, if a DJ uh, just plays pre-recorded no, edits? I don't. If it's like a big production, mm. that's the biggest tell. Because, yeah, because they how cannot, are you ever going to sync all Yeah, they like can't you're, sync You're not going to be able to do that. But like the artist is still putting the show together. I just think it's a bit like, it kind of makes you, I wonder how it makes them feel because they look like a bit of a flute up there just throwing their arms around and not but doing anything, if you I know what I mean. the main thing is, the main takeaway is like nobody gives it, like most no. people don't care. Yeah. They just want to go and have a good time. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly, yeah. It's only the really aficionados or the people that are that really want to see like a live, live mix set or whatever. But they're but, not going to go to a Dead Mouse or a David Guetta. They're going to go somewhere else. They're exactly. Gonna look, they're going to look at like a Carl Cox or... Also like Dead Mouse probably does that too, no? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, well, yeah, he does. He, he definitely does. Get said. Get said. While there is an element of preparing mashups or edits, curating the show in real time is part of the challenge. Saying, and I quote: "Programming and selecting records according to the crowd is seventy percent of the job." He did not say what the other thirty percent was. I'm guessing showmanship. The other thirty percent is putting that seventy percent on USB and playing <laughs> at, the, at the actual gig. Finally, he uh, reflected on his conflicting views about whether he should focus on the music or the visual spectacle of a show. Who's having these conflicting views? Uh, adding that it was watching Daft Punk that inspired him to step up his own show. He said, I would go see a show like Daft Punk's Pyramid Show and I thought, this is amazing. Should I sacrifice being a DJ to have such an amazing show? I always refused to do it and I was very frustrated, but now I get to have the best of both worlds, which 
is to really DJ and to have a perfect show simultaneously. A well, perfect show. You tell show. me how that happens without doing it beforehand. <laughs> he because also nothing <laughs> ever goes to plan 100%. Look, I wish I didn't have to rap. I could just press play. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Well, yeah, well, you could end up one of his tracks because he said that the, he believes the future music is AI and he after he used the technology to add the quote-unquote voice of Eminem to a new song. There you go. So there you go. Not 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 a lot of love for Get It in this room. Lost yeah. inbound, by the way, from awesome. Eminem. <laughs> Eminem's still alive. <laughs> yeah. Let's just give him a shout and be like, here, can we do a song together? I'd say that letter got fucking burned rapidly <laughs> as soon as it came in that letterbox. <laughs> so there's a lawyer waiting on the other side of it. It's absolutely fucking not going near that. I mean, truthfully, mostly I just wanted to revisit the infamous George Floyd thing because it was just, <laughs> I mean, he meant well. That's but. so hard to believe that that's real. Oh yeah. yeah, and it's it's even funnier if you see it like him like on the plinth and like he's like bopping away, it's and when so that kick in comes in, oh, it's so. I love when he goes, he goes, he uh, starts fucking fist bumping. Yeah, by yeah, the way. it's great. I love when he goes, he goes last night because I knew we were going to do this. You knew what you were going to do tomorrow, David. Get it? Did you? <laughs> like that's very good. But listen, now for something completely different. Hit it, Adam. Why am I playing a song by Fightstar from 2005, you ask? It's because they're back. Can you believe it? Neela mentioned Busted on the show earlier on. It turns out Busted frontman Charlie Simpson is bringing back his cool band. That was uh, Plyonux Laughter. Adam let out a deep sigh while that was being played. I, I think the song is a good song if they didn't have that bit at the end where there was someone just literally screaming <laughs> over the top of the vocal. That like last section fucking rips. I well, think Adam, they're post-hardcore. That's what they do. I right, Nilo? I'm not buying it. Uh, oh, I never liked Fights there. Oh, no. I just thought that... Uh, I didn't think they were very good. Like on just... Did you? I had a phase. Yeah. yeah. I think once you... I, this is a bit of a hater thing to say, but once you do a band like Busted, you sacrifice all of your integrity in that, you know? So I, I think, I don't think you get to do a cool band then after. But the whole point of him doing the cool band was to try and get that integrity, try and scrape it back. Yeah, it didn't work for me. For, for some people it did. You know, they were like, oh, fight Sarah Daddy. And I've seen them play live before. I saw them in Ambassador. Oh, wow, I've never seen them. I think they supporting someone cool like Every Time I Die or something like that. But like, yeah, like they can play their instruments and all. I just didn't even think the songwriting was that great. I liked some songs more than others. Yeah, I, I think Mercury Summer is a fantastic song. Um, they, I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like Robert Pattinson doing Twilight movies and then doing cool movies, isn't it? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> What's the difference? Because <laughs> I think Robert he's Pattinson's still, cool movies were cooler than Fightstar. Because like, right, the thing about Busted is like they're jump around on stage not playing their instruments pretending to play their instruments that was what the problem people have with them back in the day it wasn't they that the song fucking loved them yeah yeah it, it's, it's the same essentially the same thing it wasn't that their songs weren't cool like pop songs are fine and it's fine to be in a pop band but it was like they were taking the piss out of punk because they were like jumping around on stage pretending to play bass you know what I mean and that was the issue it's not like that they shouldn't be allowed to do that they can totally do that you know but it, I think the Twilight it's not it's the same thing because he's still acting in that you know, 
I've seen Busted Live yeah. when they came back in 2016. I think they played them now. It was a, yeah, it was yeah. actually a pretty fun show. That album was a good album. Night Driver, yeah. yes. I gave it 7 out of 10 for Drowned in Sound, or was it 6? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, Cullum and I went to the gig, we went to the Olympia and we were in the pit and we were like the only like people with pints because it was just all kids. Yeah. Jedward were there. Class. Hell of a night. Um, but I haven't seen Fightstar Live, but I have my opportunity because they're due to play their first ever show in nine years. Their oh, first nice. ever show in nine years. Um, at the OVO Arena Wembley, in London, the Wembley Arena in London on March 22nd, 2024, a special celebration of the 20th anniversary Twin Atlantic and Loathe, my beloved Loathe. <laughs> I have a soft spot for Twin Atlantic as well. Are I on the say. support bill. I didn't know they were still anywhere near around. Yeah. And who are Twin Atlantic? They're a Scottish band. They're a bit weird. Okay. They like, um, the first and only time I've seen them live, they supported Blink-182 and the, the O2 in what, like 2012, mm-hmm. 2011 maybe? my first big gig mm, nice and, uh, was it good? yeah it was it was great it was great yeah really good it was the last time the original lineup toured before now amazing uh, five star of T's the possibility of new music who knows if it will happen I hope it does but speaking of first ever big gigs sure what was yours? big gig or first ever gig? both okay big gig I went to see Wheatus in the SFX when I was young. Nice. Yeah, 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 that was fun. I met the guy that has the pineapple hair. <laughs> <laughs> As you'll always be known. He's the bongo player or the drum player or something. Drum player? <laughs> the drum player. <laughs> Hello, drum I'm, the, wow. I'm the drum player, everybody. Wow. <laughs> so was that like, did you go to, like, were you brought to it or did you go to it? Like, like, was that? Someone told me about them in school. They were like, check this band out. They're playing like this weekend. And I was like, yeah, I think obviously Teenage Dirtbag had just come out. I actually watched the doc. Have you seen the, the documentary about Teenage Dirtbag? I wasn't aware there the was song? such a thing, no. It's really good. Is it, it like a voice you, thing or something? Yeah, or? I think it is a voice thing. Yeah, yeah it gives They're great for like those. The story about the, the song. And I didn't know that it wasn't a hit in America. So the Wheatus never got big in America, but they got massive everywhere else. Hmm. I think they hit like number seven on the alternative rock chart. They played was, Dublin last weekend. They played Dublin, they every, Dublin every, they fucking fucking every fucking three weeks. Yeah, they play regionals yeah, yeah. over here, yeah. Um, but yeah, they, yeah, so they're just massive in Europe, Japan, Australia, but never in America. And that pissed them off so much. I'd take that. I wouldn't be pissed off. I'd be like, that yeah. you know, big in Japan? That's the dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. My, um, is that a song? We Could Be Big in Japan is one of the lyrics from... That song that is the theme song from Gogglebox. Oh, right. I can't remember it. That's one of the lyrics before the chorus. I can't remember the name of that song. Jesus, what's it called? I don't know. I only like that one Coldplay song. Or a Coldplay song? Coldplay? Codeline song. <laughs> Freudian slip. I like a lot of Coldplay songs. Um, Codeline are nice lads. Um, lovely lads. Lovely lads. Um, so hang on. Uh, that sounds sarcastic. They're actually lovely lads. <laughs> They're fucking bang on. <laughs> They're dead on. Um, one of my first ever gigs in town was actually lynched. Would you believe? Oh, who became Lankham? Yeah, they played with Against Me in the City Fuck, Arts Centre. Are you serious? I've yeah. never seen Against Me. Like, way back in the day, really crusty gig. That's a hell of a gig. Yeah, it was mad, yeah. Jesus. It was like a 10-band lineup, one of those all-day kind of things. That's amazing. Yeah, it was cool. Don't see them anymore. Nah, never, yeah. Long since past. Were you there <laughs> shouting at Lynch, being like, change your fucking name? <laughs> in 18 years, change your name. <laughs> but it's just mad how long they've been around. I didn't know they were around that long. They're around so long, man. It's mental. They've really so, put in their time. Wow, that's and like you know, it's, it's paid off handsomely. Yeah. My first ever gig was a big gig. It was Bon Jovi. Class. And the reason I mention this is because they're approaching their 40th anniversary. Founding member Richie Sambora said that quote, "It's time to organize a reunion." Would you go see Bon Jovi they, in 2024? When, when were they not playing gigs? Like when did they stop? I could have sworn they were playing like three years ago or something. Um, I don't know. Like he says, it's time like, for a reunion. <laughs> I think you're right. Did you break up? I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. I think he left the band. I could be wrong. Like they're doing a documentary about the band. Uh, he right. said, "I've part." 
participating in it. People, people want to come see us play. It's going to make everybody happy. I mean, essentially, that's why you do it at this point, he says. Yeah, so it's for the happiness of the fans, not the money. <laughs> like, okay. I'm just going to look up when their last show was. Just yeah, please, yeah, look up at setlist.fm yeah. and, and type in Bon Jovi. Um, he continued reflecting on the possibility of a full-blown reunion with John Bon Jovi and co. Yeah, it definitely could happen. It's a question of when everyone's ready to go do it. It'll be a big, massive kind of undertaking. Asked when he could expect this to take place, Sambora said he was not sure. So. Sorry, that's... Says here on setlist that, that they played on April thirteenth, two thousand twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a reunion. <laughs> Some fucking reunion. Maybe yeah. he means the original lineup or something. You right, know? Maybe it's not Bon Jovi yeah. if Tico Torres isn't there. <laughs> He's the drum player. Um, Good for a show though, but uh, they have loads of bangers, man. It was a hell of a show. Yeah. That sixteen-year-old old Dave very much enjoyed. Oh, yeah. It was great. Where was it on? Uh, or yes, outdoor. They were touring. That's uh, the per- that's the Bon Jovi venue. Yeah. They were touring the album Crush, and of course, it's my life. Oh, it's remember. my life was the lead single. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, yeah, that's absolute banger. You see, Coach T tell him I cut my hair. You know what I mean? You kind of it's like one of the B sides from that. He does B sides. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had that album, man. I fucking yeah. My friend had it, so yeah, went, went with him. It was great fun. Yeah, maybe you were there. I don't know. I'd never seen them play. No. It was raining. It was really good. I'd love to go see them. Is that the one that you sure got some powerful? Yeah, friends I told the story too often. Yeah. There was lightning strike and everyone went mental, and I was like, "This is unbelievable." This was lightning. This just happened at every. He was doing a big intro to like a ballad, and then he was like, uh, "You know, he's like the songs for all the angels out there," and then there was like. Whoosh, no, and everyone no went way. fucking apeshit because it's an Irish crowd obviously and he paused every the show man drank it in and he was like oh you know he's like you know you sure got some powerful friends out here in Dublin and everyone went mental and I actually was like this must be what kings are like every week that's cool turns out no but I enjoyed that one it was fun and uh, yes last news story also concerns uh, an aging rocker and it's Paul McCartney everybody um, he uh, recalled how he was worried that he was going to kill an elderly fan at a show why do we think that this was why would nice man Paul McCartney hatred for all people I don't know uh, he was doing an on stage performance of Live and Let Die this is many many years ago I'm oh, sorry just on that there's like a meme that's knocking around on like TikTok and Instagram and stuff and it's like Paul McCartney explodes and fucking dies and it's like him doing Live and Let Die on a giant stage and it's just so Live and Let Die but and he does the thing and loads of fireworks go off and it just cuts well that's literally what this is it's about it's so fucking funny every time it gets me I'm trying not to laugh <laughs> so he was on apparently he has his own podcast it's called A Life in Lyrics and he was talking about how he made his performances more elaborate over time but was left Adam is pissing himself but was left concerned (laughs) about how it would impact one particular audience member according to Paul McCartney he began introducing flames and pyrotechnics to his live shows (laughs) many years ago yeah he was the forerunner for like Kiss and Rammstein um, particularly during his renditions of the 1973 James Bond theme Live and Let Die Adam is still laughing However, when he first began Im- implementing the explosions, he looked out to the crowd and was left on edge because he saw, quote, a 90-year-old woman in the front row. It's a big song for us, he explains. We have pyrotechnics and it can get a little hot up there. As we know, the explosions are going to happen. Adam, do you need to leave the room? We look at, we look at the people in the front row and then, boom, it's great to just watch them and they look at each other and they are just shocked. It's so in the early days we did it and there was an explosion I noticed when we started there's like a 90 year old woman very old in the front row and I go oh shit we're gonna kill her I can't stop the song and go cover your ears love so I look away and boom recalling his relief when the fears didn't come true then I look back to her and she is loving it ridiculous ending absolutely that story did not happen there's no way the man's a liar and a fraud and a sham that's what I say I started watching the documentary this week get back yeah very good, very enjoyable. Did you hear the new song? Yes. The new Beatles song. Very good. 
Is it, that one did they make that with AI? Oh yeah, we something? did it last week on the show. Yeah, there's AI involved. And it's a oh, whole right. to do, but like it's not like a, it, like apparently they just extracted John's voice from something. But right. I had a very good conversation about it with uh, Kieran McGuinness on Radio Nova on his guest list show there last week, and he was on a fucking warpath about it. He was just like, you know, this is wrong. They should be stopped. He, that's not what he said. But he, <laughs> they he, at all costs. He just takes issue with the idea of you know like it was actually they were John Lennon demos. They're not Beatles songs. Now they've been kind of you know right. extrapolated into being a Beatles song. And, but yeah. they were given to the Beatles by Yoko Ono yes yeah. okay so I that's where I don't see the problem yeah I don't see a problem either but also I have no real dog in the Beatles fight you Fair Beatles enough. man I couldn't give a fuck man that's a controversial opinion yeah I don't know I think they made me study them in school and then ever since then I just haven't liked them that'll you do know, it Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band they made me play like every music class we'd listen to it like twice the whole way through and I was like just get me out of here um <laughs> Yeah, not saying they haven't got good songs. They just definitely, obviously, they're a great band. But I just don't. I would say, in my opinion, which is uneducated about the Beatles, overhyped the fuck. Yeah, I share that know. opinion. Yeah, people adore them. Like they, they fucking. It's taboo. It's taboo and to, they to say. Fucking get angry at you that's for the saying point. that. Yeah, if yeah. You're like, but uh, if you even go, look, I, I just don't get it. They're like, what the fuck? Mm. Like, uh, the, I think it's crazy that it persists to this day. Yeah. People younger than me are like, what? And yeah, I'm like, hey, yeah, where, yeah. what's your gateway into the Beatles? I would say Oasis are much better, man. If you're going to say... I don't similar, think I'd agree with that, now. No? <laughs> I don't think they're better. I don't think there's... What is that? Is, is that the joke in Yesterday, Yesterday right? Yeah. The, only, like, the only good joke in that movie. Yeah, where it's like, you know, um, your man, obviously, the whole premise of the movie is that the Beatles never existed. And right. He, he then becomes a superstar because he's he wrote, the only one. He's who the only one who remembers the songs of Beatles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He writes the song. It's so a good he for me. Yesterday or whatever, and um, <laughs> then he, he, he talks about like what about Oasis or says something like that. Yeah. And then he's googling. Like, he's googling. Yeah, and yeah. The, and like there's no results come up because yeah, the Oasis, right. Oasis don't they exist. They wouldn't yet. exist without them. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It's a good gag in a yeah, bad yeah, movie. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think that the song, the new song, just like I said last week, is the probably the song Oasis. Could never write, you know <laughs> what I mean? They wish they could. Yeah, have been. exactly. Yeah. Why it sounds like Oasis? I think it's got a bit of a tinge on there. Yeah. Mm. Liam approved. He said he did say he liked it. So it's fine. It's grand. It's a curio. Anyway, listen, we're gonna do our top five in a second. Right after this. Right. Uh, so yeah, we're doing top five Irish hip hop acts. Nilo, I mean. You know, we talked about it earlier on, the Irish hip-hop genre having a bit of a kind of a moment in recent years, but it's not like it began in recent years. So mm. I guess, what's your relationship with it prior to getting into it yourself? So I would have um, grown up on hip-hop and then got into punk music around the same time. But I only became aware of Irish hip-hop, I would say, in the early 2000s, which is still early. Mm, it's pretty um, early, yeah. So as it was happening, I guess, um, I'm not going to start naming artists because they're all in my top five. Yeah. Um, so those are the ones I concentrated on because they are the ones that have multiple albums and stuff like that. So you can really kind of like analyze them and stuff. Um, and I think in order to put people in the top five, you kind of have to have at least one or two albums, you know what I mean? To try and like get in that position. Um, yeah. So I always loved it, like just kind of from a distance um, before I was involved in it. Um yeah, and I, I, I went. I would have went to shows and stuff, but just kind of stood at the back and just kind of looked at it, you know. Yeah. Did you imagine yourself on stage? Because obviously, you know, you're in a very different band, a very different genre, and I think I think getting into hip hop has proved freeing for you. 
So yeah, I'm curious how, yeah. how you go from the back of the room to the front of the room. I think it was scary at the time because like at that time it was so ridiculed. Like now it's almost cool to be an Irish rapper, you know? It's like it's different now. It's still a little bit uncool with certain people, but with with young people it's very cool now. And that's amazing. But back in the day it was like, who do you think you are? You know what I mean? <laughs> like who are you do you think you're two back? Um and it was almost embarrassing, you know what I mean? I think a lot of people that did it did it with American accents and they were embarrassing doing that you know what I mean so there was a lot of that um, I don't know I, I just kind of fell into it because I loved hip hop so much you know and and there were certain people making music in Ireland that inspired me and, and were like I was like oh if they can do it I feel like I can do it because they're they're just like me you know alright well look yeah. let's get into your list then so kick us off with your number 5 ok so number 5 is a guy from Fingless who is a producer slash rapper uh, produced a lot of amazing Irish hip hop records uh, rapped on a lot of records. I first heard of him as like a feature artist uh, on another artist's stuff and I was always blown away by his verses. He's in this top five, not necessarily as a rapper, but just as his contribution, but he is one of the best bar for bar rappers as well. And it's very rare that you find that someone that's top tier producer making beats and Top tier rapper as well, like technically, lyrically.
probably the biggest social media knocking around because Facebook kind of hadn't really hit. It was the end of the Bebo era, which probably would have been a good leg up for a lot of people as well. And um, Twitter didn't exist. Mm. So <clears throat> Spotify wasn't a huge Spotify thing. streaming wasn't, it, it was all like whatever, LimeWire or whatever you were doing. Even there. that song there, like what does that have? 100,000 streams or something like that? Like 100,000 views on YouTube? 100,000, yeah, about that, yeah. yeah. And yeah. like that's an underground Dublin rap song. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's great. It really is great, and like even it, like you say, it's it, they, it's changed to Isaac Hayes on YouTube, mm. but it's still Smack Hayes on streaming services, mm. um, and on Bandcamp or whatever. But yeah, it's it's very difficult to find any information on, yeah. on Gi because he's just kind of so off the grid. And, yes, um, he has an album with Costello called Mary Jane, which is amazing. I'd recommend checking it out. So good. He makes all the beats and does half the verses on it as well. It's just so mad when you hear when you hear someone that's like incredible at making beats but then also an incredible rapper as well it's like how how much fucking time do you have in your day how talented <laughs> can you be <laughs> it is like it is very hardcore stuff like it is it is quite underground hip hop you know what I mean like um, I remember going to see him a lot like back when I was getting into Irish rap I saw actually saw the release show of that Mary Jane album in the Twisted Pepper and it was really fucking good I was just like, this is, a, it, there's something about it being local as well that I loved, you know, because he didn't, all of the rap shows I would have gone to kind of up to that point would have been like international acts coming over here. So it's just really nice to, to see, understanding the language, understand the colloquialisms, like also having come from Northside Dublin as well, there's loads of stuff in there that you'd be like, oh yeah. I feel that, you know. When you were saying earlier on about the kind of, I guess, you didn't use the word, but like snobbery, you know, kind of towards Irish hip hop. Mm. I mean, I guess, how hard is it for someone like GI to kind of overcome that at that time? Because I remember, I, I remember like there was like, you'd have on occasion on like an art show, it'd be like, we went to an underground hip hop show and mm. wasn't it quaint. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I remember I worked in Hot Press at the time back in the... I'm sure they got no coverage there back then. That's actually not press. true. No, they that's did. the thing. I mean, like I, I worked really? there from 2011 to 2014 kind of on and off and Stuart Clark, who's the deputy editor, he was very into covering Irish really? hip hop. No, that's seriously, he was. And I, and I would have seen G.I.'s name because when you mentioned Lethal Dialect's name, yeah. Lethal Dialect was getting coverage in Hot Press and I would have seen the name G.I. next to that or whatever. I but don't like, think there was like one without the other and it was the same with Costello as well. I think. Yeah. all the working class records guys all went hand in hand mm. now they weren't getting covers but it, but there was like space was provided like hot press is hot press and I've got a lot of bad things to say but obviously because based on my experience that we know this but like to give credit did you to, have a bad experience there? Uh, yeah you could <laughs> say that you could <laughs> say that yeah um, <laughs> I'll talk about that another day but Stuart Clark you know even like Maeve Housen who worked there one of my colleagues like, they were really big into trying to get more Irish hip hop into the magazine like I mean I'm not saying it did much but there was yeah. a platform there but that's but I guess like that's it, great it took a, I think it took a while for that to kind of go anywhere and there definitely was as you say there was that resistance and I think mm. from people being like well this because you mentioned the idea of international acts being more prominent obviously like international acts come here all the time in every ah, genre yeah. but like I just wonder like was it really hard to build it up from a ground level oh, I'd say it must have been really hard you know and I think they did it by creating a scene themselves rather the, than like the brute relying, force yeah yeah like literally like rather than relying on anybody writing about them that is nice that Hot Press did I'm sure they were one of the only ones that did at the time you and know? Hot Press I think had a bit more weight back then because mm. like it, it was maybe that weird twilight period between you know Hot Press and District Magazine like District Magazine wasn't wouldn't have necessarily been around at the time I'm not sure the dates mm. or anything like that but like I know they did a lot like District in particular did a lot for hip hop in Ireland um, yeah, just came along definitely to bring it to the mainstream. Mid yeah, twenty yeah. tens. I like want to say putting on shows, like putting on shows ah, that were accessible yeah. to people, and like yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. You know, giving giving young and up and comers a chance to. But you made a good point there, like just by brute force, like yeah. they were like, right, we love doing this. They all used to fucking write songs in the shed. 
make beats in the shed, rap in the shed, and then created a scene through that. And then we'd just go into town and put on gigs. And then through just being really fucking good, they just started bringing like more and more people to the shows and creating more and more attention on themselves. All right, let's have your number four. Okay, my number four is uh, another enigma from Drogheda. Um, yeah, a drill artist, kind of like, not just a drill artist anymore, but more, um, I would say, grime, hip-hop, rap, bit of everything. Um, yeah. Look, when you hear this one, you know it's pain, but I'm trying to do things different. How many man have we turned you saying or got down? Ask them, they'll say different. I'm a popular loner, I've been that guy from school, that guy from Quebec. <laughs> I'm my own best friend, believe me when I say that. Lately, I've been a war, my best anxiety and stress, all trying to compress me. They don't understand, they don't get me. It's like Naruto is techie, countless sleepless nights, my eyes gone red, my shattering gun has awoken. See, I'm broken, I miss my bro, long time that we ain't spoken. I feel like the chosen one, like Moses, here to deliver my. My people, they said thou shall fear no evil, lol. I need to think that I fear them people. See, my broski's tapped, he got a whap, he's not really into the poking. I, I got love for my own boat guys, go try their thing, go see if I'm joking. Be careful, mm, you call Yeah, Grace, um, like, I have always kind of been a distant fan of drill, but since I heard it first come around and I think Officer probably will, Officer or A92 A92 being his like I suppose the the, the, the group the group or whatever the um, collective, the collective mm. that's the one um, all from Drogheda um, that would have been the first introduction I would have had to trail music in mm. Ireland and um, stands on his own merits I think big time yeah he's amazing yeah. he's technically amazing his lyrics are great yeah. The production's unbelievable. Yeah. Huge following. Totally built Huge from the ground following. up. Has actually, actually makes me KSI. Yeah. Actually makes me go like, oh yeah, Drada's not so bad. I'm, <laughs> I'm from Drada for the record. Anyone doesn't know that somehow by now. And I'm kind of like, oh, I wasn't aware. Because like when I was knocking around Drada in a band that never went anywhere, it was all just like, you know, shit cover bands. Yeah. Lads think that they're so fucking cool. <laughs> like big fish, small pond stuff. Yeah. And then yeah. this comes along. And, yeah. and, I, and I remember like my biggest surprise. I was like, I was like, he's from Drada. I was like, Drada's making good good music yeah that crazy. doesn't happen over there yeah, it's um, all the pain bro <laughs> <laughs> but like he's an incredible success story yeah and isn't get, so. is not getting the coverage that he deserves no I, oh absolutely not not even close i know i'd say only the beginning of his journey like very young guy still you know um like a92 massive breakout group like two years ago uh, I can't remember the name of the song, but the one where they're on then uh, plug, what's the plugged one? in, plugged in, yeah, yeah, yeah. the FMC engineers plugged in, crazy freestyle. big song. I remember pulling up to a supermax in Galway, and a lot of young fellas just blaring that out of their car, and I was like, "Do you know how That's many? Big song. Do you know what the how many streams that has on Spotify? I'm gonna guess for you uh, on Spotify or yeah, YouTube. Spo- oh, okay, we I can. I have both figures. So give me the track again. It's called Plugged In Freestyle by A92. Mm-hmm. Actually, a banger. It's got 100 million hits on Spotify. Come on. On Spotify, and there's more, way more on YouTube. 54 million on oh, YouTube. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and yes, you're not going to hear it on mainstream radio. Like, like, <laughs> Isn't that bad? Well, well, like, this is the thing. Well, in fairness, I think Drill by Design is almost, you know, it, it's got a bit of a punk ethos in the sense that, like, it's not, it's a bit anti establishment, but. But is it also discriminated against? We've seen this yes. in the I U- think, yeah. We've seen this in the UK. We're yeah. seeing it in Ireland. And I think, as well, with someone like Officer, like, it's like, why is Officer not on the cover of a magazine? Mm-hmm. Like, again, it's like. I agree. Drill is a style of music, I think, that is often pigeonholed into what the original drill music would have been mm-hmm. about. And that's like extreme vo- gang violence mm-hmm. and, like, you know, quite 
quite graphic content in terms of lyrical content from I think it came from was it Detroit is that where it came from Chicago. originally Chicago um, and that was kind of it was that a new wave of gangster rap I suppose mm. but also that like the kind of thing that makes, not, like listen to what listen it makes to what politicians he's talking about, terrified you know I mean? even he's though just, he's yeah, just talking like, about himself like yeah, it, that's it, not that, that song that I played there isn't really drill like that's more of, what song was that again uh, Sharingan it's called isn't it that was Sharingan yeah, yeah. absolute banger but that's more, I don't know what, it's more just a rap song. You know what I mean? Like a modern day rap song. Yeah, it's the drill beat. The, but he's just kind of like, he's yeah. just moving through it in his yeah, own way. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's great. Like Flow's amazing. Yeah, absolutely yeah. fantastic. Like, almost didn't happen, by the way, for those of you who don't know. A uh, little known fact is that Officer was kind of juggling. He was, football, he was he? playing football yeah, for yeah, yeah. Drogheda United, I think. And um, Another he, multi-talented fucker. But like, he was juggling that school and yeah. music. And the only reason he went down the music part was because he got loads of injuries and he right. couldn't play. He couldn't play professional football, so that it, it almost didn't happen. Like this, almost didn't happen. This, like, let's call a spade a spade here. Yeah. He's up there with the, the drill artists, the grime artists, yeah. like of of the people who are making this in the whole world. Yeah, yeah. he also just put out an album there. Yes, a week yeah. ago. Yes, he did. Uh, he was interviewed. I think did the Sunday Times. My friend Kate Demolder interviewed him. I think it was the Sunday Times, possibly. But I do think that the coverage has been lacking, and yeah, I think you know I it's, agree. it's it's pretty obvious why. They're like, oh, this is scary black music, right? So we can't mm-hmm. put this on fucking radio, even though it's like, why not? Like, well, I think they don't understand it as well. That's the point. Yeah, yeah. like, like that's I'm I'm not saying it's scary, but yeah, I'm yeah, saying no, no, pe- that, yeah. other people are, and there that's, is and the, uh, there's a built-in discrimination to it as well. That's a huge problem already. And you have this massive mm-hmm. Irish success story who's worked extremely hard and, and has attracted, a, attracted a massive audience, like as you say, a worldwide audience, mm-hmm. and is doing things that like no one else in the country is doing. Yeah, and they don't get behind them. And I think that just shows, it just shows the antiquated nature of media in this country, you know? Like it's very fucking prehistoric. I think you've got... It's very like, slow to get with the times, yeah. like, you know what I mean? I think you've got, you've got people who are outliers like Kate Mulder who are seeking out these things. Oh, yeah, I'm not talking see- about the journalists, I'm talking about the actual, the, 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 head, yeah, the heads the, of the all institutions the... Themselves. Yeah, the institutions yeah, themselves. Yeah, the institutions, But Officer will do a gig with MCD and, like, sell out a huge show. So, like, how is that... How, like, the, like, the industry is is accepting to some extent, oh, you'll sell tickets for us, but, Am like... Am I right in saying you did a three-arena show? No. Was it Olympia? No. Not himself, no. Not himself. I, I, no. I, he played it at one point, I can't I, remember. He's definitely done massive gigs, but mm. I don't think he's done three arena yet. Yeah, again, but it's a, it's another case of, uh, you know, someone who is going to be massive internationally, but does well out of the likes of London or something like that. Yeah. Like th- that's where the main kind of focus is. I don't think his half his listeners are here. No, no, no. You know what I mean? There's also yeah. an element of mystery to what he does. I just wonder, like, how intentional is that versus, you know, like, is it that people aren't asking the questions? Well, it's pretty intentional if you start your f- career for the first three years or four years wearing a mask. Like. Yeah, <laughs> I love the mask. Yeah, it's such yeah. a cool design. I think yeah. it's kind of gone now, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, like it's, it's gone a long time yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good looking chap as well. Fair play to him. He's, he's got it all. He's got it all, bro. <laughs> Footballer, football, yeah. music, <laughs> rapping. Good looking. He's got a degree, I think, as well, doesn't he? I, that I'm not sure about. Crazy, <sighs> crazy, man. And he's only number four on your list. <laughs> Ridiculous. That's because he, he only ha- dropped his first, I don't think it's even an album, I think it's a mixtape, dropped his first project, we'll say. Yeah. And maybe in a year he could be Maybe he'll higher. climb Nilo's list in a yeah, year. Okay, exactly. well, who's yeah. your number three? So I actually have to talk about this list a little bit more because I had to leave out friends. So I didn't want to come out, come out here and be like, oh, Mango, Rebel Phoenix, Genova. They're actually people who all would be in my top five. But I didn't want to be a knob and just be like, 
Because NSG, if you put one in, your other mates wondering, like, why the fuck didn't you put me in? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, but they're all, like, they all deserve to so be what you're saying there. is I've created a very awkward social situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I just left out, completely left out friends. Mango knows how his place on the No Encore show, I think. I think he understands that he is revered here. Yeah, he's <laughs> quite, a friend yeah. of the we, show. We love Mango. Did yeah. you ever have him on? He's been on a couple Years, of times, ages. It was when it was when Mango Mathman put out their album, ah. and then I had him do a DMX tribute via WhatsApp voice oh, cool. message. But in fairness, I should get him back on. So if you're listening, to Mango, yeah, please I'm come sure back to the show. Open invite. To come back yeah, on. Open invite. Yeah, great guy, great guy. No, no confusion here. The way that Adam set that up was, I was like, yeah, "Where are you going fuck, with this?" So I was like, "He knows his place. Not, <laughs> not welcome." No, no, that was so yeah. That was terrible phrasing by me. No, 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 yeah. no. Absolutely um, terrible. Anyway, let's go. Number yeah, three, number three what have please. you got? Okay, number three on my greatest Irish hip hop people, <laughs> greatest Irish hip hop individuals of all time. <laughs> I'm going to retitle it. Top five greatest Irish hip hop people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucked it. Uh, this is number three. Uh, he just released an album called Phantom of the Afters. Uh, I'm giving away who it is. Is that allowed? That's allowed. Um, he's an amazing artist. I've gone in and out of love with his music for a long time since he started releasing it. Um, and I think the last album is probably some of his best work ever. Um, yeah, so this is a song off that. Give me a land in the minimum wage. Who you been speaking to? Who you been talking to? Where did you get all that info? was fake. I hear the gossip. I open my wallet. I welcome the traffic. They come to the page. I got the talent, the hustle, the vision, the muscle, a triple, the cash in the bank. All of your videos look like a talent show. All of my shit looks like Citizen Kane. White women on the porcelain. Each of them has got endorsements. Lost a couple endorphins. I've been power ranging my emorphin. Let the sword swing when the guillotine was getting boring. I've been chopping eggs, making orphans, killing everybody of importance. It's not gonna stop. That was Kojak with Citizen Kane off his latest album, Phantom of the Afters. <laughs> so, what's the verdict? Do you think this album's the one? Ah, it's so good. I mean, it's not as good as Delhi Daydreams. That's my favorite one. Mm-hmm. But they're all so different, you know what I mean? Like, I. I I think the new album's amazing. Yeah, it's very it's very Kendrick at times. Yeah. Um it's really good and it's kind of like it gives me encouragement about the music industry as well cuz he has a lot of trouble with labels as well. He got dropped by his label and stuff and then just fucking bull through like released it anyway. He's in London now, isn't he? I think he lives in London. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah he is, yeah. But it's yeah, it's just a great album. It's getting a great reception. He seems to have blown up a little bit off it and I'm just mad happy for him. I think he's an amazing artist. You said uh, you've fallen in and out of love with some of his music. Was there ever a time that you kind of I think weren't I just, feeling in what he was doing? Or I th- it wasn't that like I think I really loved him when I was like he was one of the people, along with someone else we'll discuss in like later on. One of the reasons why I started making hip hop like at, at a later age, like so I was finished with hardcore and like wasn't sure I wasn't doing any music, you know. And then I seen uh, Kojak coming out. I seen a couple of other rappers coming out and doing it in their own way and like doing it artistically and it wasn't just like bar 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 it was like right entire vision and also very emotionally open you know like not afraid to show a softer side of the, um, of themselves in hip-hop and um, which was missing before that i think it was very like irish hip-hop before kojak and, and softboy and stuff was quite uh hardcore you know it was very like um very lyrical very, very gritty very street uh certain type of lads were doing it and it, he just opened it up to a little bit more of an arty side, you know what I mean? So softer cunts like me could be like, <laughs> oh, that's 
that's kind of cool. I like that he's doing that, you know. Um, and then, so I love Deadly Daydreams. And then Town's Dead, I did really like it and I respect it, but like, I'm not as mad as on it as I was in the new stuff, we'll say. Yeah, I think the new album's fucking amazing. Yeah, he can be abrasive and yeah. I, I think it can work for me sometimes and not work for me, but like, you know, who cares? I'd rather an artist that is out there that is, you know, challenging me and not just giving me the same old thing. Yeah. And I enjoy, you know, he samples Gilliband, you know, like he fucking does interesting things with, sonically, I think he's doing very interesting stuff as well. And visually. Yeah, visually, yeah. very yeah. much so. Visually is like, I think he's probably ahead of, uh, ahead of the pack. Ahead bro. of the pack by yeah, a country yeah. mile. The like, thought he puts into everything is what I actually get jealous of because I'm like my brain doesn't work visually like it's good with lyrics and it's good with stuff like that but like it just doesn't I can't get that whole he's artistic. a multimedia artist yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah which is amazing I'm so impressed the same way as Balfi is you know yeah like they have the whole vision and that's a beautiful thing I, I, I lack that a little bit and I wish I had a bit more of it I think yeah just like on that the thing that sticks with me most I think first of all I you mentioned Deli Daydreams there's a lot of a cultural weight behind that yeah. particular project I think yeah. for a number of reasons it really connected with people uh, yeah. like massively so and I think it was because it was like just again taken down to that relatability level you know and like on a base level that's what it was but mm. also it was like the characters that he created were so believable as mm. well and like I felt like he it was him do you know what I mean mm. I felt like it was him speaking even though it was kind of a concept to a degree mm. um, I think that's why this album works as well because it's like He's talking a lot about how it feels to have to move over to London. And he talked about that on Town's Dead as well, but like, you know, he's created this character again. I think which gives him a little bit more freedom in the way to just express himself a bit more. Um, he's an artist I've dipped in and out of, and I'm looking forward to the day when I finally kind of sit down and take it all in. Mm, which, there's a lot there, and that's in fairness. A, that's a criticism of me, not of him. You know, mm. it's, it's just like, yeah, there is a lot there. I find it overwhelming at times. I've yet to have my full moment with it, so yeah, to speak, yeah, you know, yeah. but I really like have it's... Have you seen him play a few times? No, actually never, no. I'd recommend that. Were you at the Academy show? Uh, yeah, I was, yeah. The yeah. Academy show, that's like something I think is definitely worth mentioning as well, because that felt like a big moment. Big moment, yeah. Because it, it was the first Irish rapper to sell out a venue as big as the Academy. It was like the biggest kind of, you know, show that an Irish rapper had done for themselves. And well, had Versatile not done the tree arena before? That? I don't think I they'd done say, it before. Aren't, aren't we lucky the Versatile knocked him off his perch? I don't <laughs> think that, no, I think that came afterwards. Right, right, right. But They're number one, right? <laughs> They're in there. <laughs> well, no, if you're talking about it, yeah, they, they sold out the tree arena. They did. 100%. They did commercially, I think they were definitely worth a shout. But yeah. that, it, I don't know, I think to me, the, the, the Kojak thing felt different. It felt like, it felt like I remember being there I remember I was on the balcony I had a great view of everything it was fantastic and it was like one of those things where I felt like I'm gonna remember that I was here you know yeah. what I mean I felt like that at the time and I still like sometimes think about it I'm like wow that was was really something and like mm. it was a case of you could see the support like you were there yeah. Mango was there I remember was there like lots of other Irish rappers were there Finch mm. um, Nick Stanley the guys from um, the Burner Records crew were all there like it, it just it felt it just felt like a big big moment mm. and I think also like he's very much a fan of creating these big moments because mm. the choice prize eligibility was changed literally on the back of Delhi Daydreams. <laughs> Which yeah. caused some controversy amongst people who care about that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think it was definitely... I, I think at the time, I think it's like aged very well. I think Delhi Daydreams has aged very, very well. But I think that at the time, maybe it might have been too fresh for some people to realise that 
the the cultural like I said the cultural weight that it had. Mm. Um, what was the? So what? it was a mixtape or it was an EP? I, I, have, EP. I actually have the details. It was registered as an album for the choice price, which they'd never done before. And of course, not to hijack you, Adam, but yeah. of course, when for those I love, the aforementioned Balfi, mm. when that comes along and and wins the choice prize, some people took issue with the fact that it was technically a re-release, even though mm. it kind of wasn't. It kind of was, but I think the point I would make, and I, I assume that you're also making, is that when it, whether it's a Daily Daydreams or whether it's a For Those I Love. Uh, cultural touchstones in Irish music that you just can't ignore. Hundred mm. percent. I think to leave them off those lists would have been much more of a problem. Yeah, I think, I think that would have been egregious, almost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like, like it's okay to bend the rules a little bit when you're. If like, the art is that fucking good, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. it makes that much of a statement. Adam. Yeah. The, yeah. So the eligibility criteria for that was that the album, the album, excuse me, had to be at least thirty-three minutes and twenty seconds long, or have nine or more tracks and twenty-five minutes or more of music. And that wasn't the case because there was with only eight, there was only eight tracks in Delhi Daydreams, so that was how it was changed. It was oh. twenty seven minutes long with eight tracks. Its ineligibility was noted by music music journalists and bloggers and social media. Rules have since been changed to reduce the required number of tracks to eight. So that's what was changed. How many tra- was eight nine. tracks? On it, it was nine. Oh, it was nine tracks. It was nine. It? Sorry, eligibility criteria was nine. Yeah, there was eight on Delhi Daydreams. Right. They changed it to eight tracks. Yeah, 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 so that's what it was. I mean, an explosion in the sky album is five tracks long on average. Granted, they're long songs, yeah, but like yeah. the definitions of like, yeah, like it doesn't matter. We shouldn't all. be getting bogged down. No, in this kind of thing. The fact that it's yeah. like if, if that's a box ticking exercise, I think you defeat the purpose entirely. Exactly. Like it, it like you say, it doesn't ha- like if the art's good enough, it should be considered. It shouldn't matter what form it takes. Yeah. Well, don't hit the piss. I mean, a three-track EP is a three-track EP. Yeah, anyway, yeah, <laughs> can we have true. your runner-up here? Your number two. <laughs> number two. Uh, okay. Number two is an amazing rapper and human from Limerick. Um, and yeah, that's it. Let's play him. I'm conflicted in this life. Good heart, but bad intentions. I'm afflicted by my times. Fuck's a job. Raw models, not about got left behind. Excuse, excuses, but I plead. Play the victim, pay the price. Laughing low, crying silent. I'm addicted to the lies. I'm too spiteful, breaking bread, forgiveness. Shit is not my style. Came out the womb with a chip on my shoulder. My demise, my oh my. Father drinking, mother crying. Nighttime, lullabies. What am I paying for? Praying for. Better times, heavy eyes, steady hands. That was Strange Boy with Waiting. Um, I just absolutely love this guy. I think he's amazing. I think he's the second coming of Jesus, to be honest. (laughs) Straight out of Limerick City. Um, And he's only number two. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. That means the number one's got to be very good. (laughs) (laughs) Second coming of God, the Alpha and Omega himself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Who's better than Jesus? His father. Ah, oh, Strange Boy is unbelievable. Like he's just what a character. Like he's incredible technically, lyrically. Like he's so he's so fucking real as well. He's also exploring. He's like the only hip hop artist that's exploring Irish sounds really genuinely with their music. Like yeah. in in terms of their instrumentation that they're using. Um, I think End the Gallery has done a lot of great work with him in that regard. Yeah, yeah like, great uh, parent, really great parent. Yeah, and he's just yeah, he's just unbelievable, and he's only a kid, man. He's only like twenty two or twenty three years old. He was um, he was awarded the Liam O'Flynn Awards yeah, yeah, this yeah. year, and he's Amazing. been given a residency in the National Concert Hall to like explore this because of the work he's been doing mm. with traditional Irish music, and I think that's like so so deserved. Yeah. As far as art, like you talk about like rappers, or mm. you talk about. 
musicians. This fella's an artist. Mm. It's like the whole thing. You know what I mean? You hear poetry, mm. you hear storytelling, mm. you hear music, you hear it all and yeah. stuff. And it's like, it's so transcendent across a million and one different things. Yeah. Like even seeing him live, you feel, he embodies his music and yeah. his art in the live performance as well. And it's phenomenal. There. It's phenomenal. And he's not afraid to be depressing as fuck. No, <laughs> no, it's like <laughs> which it, I love. It, like a, yeah, <laughs> it, before it's anyone go, yeah, yeah. before any if anyone goes into this, it's so grim. Like it's yeah. it, just like to you know set the tone. That's the that's the content warning. If you are going to look at Strange Boys catalog, Holy Unholy is the name of his debut album. Yeah, and it's all it's all so depressing. It's grim. It's so but, grim, but I it's mean, fantastic. But it's is real it, to him, and that's the most important. Is thing. it yeah. that level of grim where you're like, I actually, in a weird way, get some hope from this? You know, in that ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a hope through connection. Yeah, you know, connect, I connect. That's why I connect with his music anyway. You know, and just the fact that he's able to do an album like that so well. But then I've seen him on like ciphers and shit where he's like the best rapper as well. Like speed wise, technical wise, like flow wise, like he's unbelievable. So he has a lot. You know what? Um, what motion picture did this song? end up in this year it was Lakelands it was Lakelands yeah. and if you want to hear all about the film Lakelands we did an episode on it back nice. yeah oh, Dahi okay. did the score ah, is that a new is it a new film yeah it came out this year Irish film uh, Dahi did the score really good movie because apparently Strange Boys rapping in a film that Dahi was doing the score for as well, well this track plays at the end of it so he's not yeah. actually in the movie oh, but, okay. but it's well worth checking out but he, apparently he's acting now as well really Yeah. so he can do literally everything Yeah. so he is the second coming of Christ there you go yeah um, how do we like I mean it's that thing of like I'm not surprised but like I always find it interesting that like you know certain you know kind of deliveries and Irish accents come forward and some don't this seems to have been accepted but you can understand why somebody would be like that's too much for me uh, you yeah. know well, can acquired I well some people like are just like you know like they're like I, I want a neutral voice at all times yeah that's boring to me though it you is boring I mean? yeah I it's agree like, so less we, real actually. I feel like that's why like Irish people we, we hate ourselves a that's little bit that's the thing you yeah. know what I mean like we yeah. hate and that's why Irish hip hop probably hasn't had its moment yet because we fucking hate ourselves we're only now coming to terms with the fact that we actually like trad music you know what I mean <laughs> And, and we're we, really fucking good at it and have been forever. We're so good at it. And we've, yeah, we have been for like hundreds of years. And only now it's like among young people becoming very cool. I'm sure it had moments before. Yeah, the purists will tell you, Neil, that in fact it yeah. never went away. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, it's having the mainstream moment. Really having the moment now, yeah. yeah. And that, I mean, that, that that's amazing. That's Strange Boys, like, you know, exploring that genres, as well. yeah. And yeah. I'd love to do that as well. Like, I think we did it a little bit on Only Human, but like, I would really like to explore that more. And maybe that is the way that Irish hip hop goes forward and creates its own sound like like the UK did with Drill or, or whatever but like maybe that's our sound mm -hmm. you know could be okay so your list we've had GI mm -hmm. Officer, Officer Kojak yeah. Strange Boy yeah. and now you're number one number one is uh, a man from Cabra slash Blanchestown um, so a kindred spirit who is a friend but also haven't chatted to him for ages, so I felt comfortable putting him as number one <laughs> um, because but because he can't really be ignored, you know. Like uh, he's kind of, in a lot of ways, the godfather of of Irish hip hop. Um, 
yeah, let's listen to him. The song's called uh, Keep It Real. I'm not feeling bleak this evening I got a bit of news, couldn't quite believe it Now I'm staring at the news, but my mind is dreaming Half listening at the shit about the world of places I just booked the flight cause I'm leaving this life I'm leading And I miss this island deeply But at time wasn't easy, unlike the choice There's nothing for me here though See life can puzzle and wear it all trying to join the pieces So we can see what the final piece is Who just wanna feel the heights I was reaching Like a few years when our lives had meaning Hope I calling for late soy From late night to daylight Just enjoying the seasons No swearing, screeching on the Lord this evening Just synchronized Life's too short, no telling That was Little Dialect with Keep It Real Off his album LD50 Part 2 And the reason I think he's the best um, is because I think we were talking a minute ago about like the sounds, like how Irish hip hop can find the sound. But these guys found the sound of Dublin back then. It was gritty, very moody. It was moody. It was yeah. boom bap, jazzy boom bap kind of beats. Jams. Yeah, and like they really like that sounds like the streets, like where I grew up. Even though I didn't grow up like in this exact same area as him very close boy and like it did feel like that in the 80s and, and the early 90s it was bleak it was grey and that sounds like it to me you know what I mean and he just is an incredible artist like he's had I'm trying to think how many albums he's had he's had five at least he went off after LD50 part three uh, what was it part part two I think part and then two and then he did another one or two albums as a little dialect but Oh, no way. He did two as Paul Allwright, definitely. No, he, he did, did one as Paul, Paul Allwright. Yeah. Sorry, it's called me. Hungry. It came yeah. out in 2018. Also fucking I, I thought it was fucking excellent. Yeah, it's brilliant as well. Underrated as well, yeah. big time. So, um, yeah, then he comes back as Lethal Dialect. Yeah, and yeah. Does, and well, his last album, man, is amazing. The last, part three. Yes. Yeah, it's fucking unbelievable. Yeah. No, it's called Songs of a Dead Dreamer, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he did yeah. do LD50 Part 3. He did Part 3 yeah. as well. That trilogy is... Yeah, it's great. Bulletproof. But... Yeah, he's just he's just an amazing artist. Seeds of Doubt on the Hungry album. Yeah. I think is amazing. That's a great song. I think it's one of the best Irish songs I've ever heard. And the, I, again, don't understand why he isn't bigger and wasn't bigger. Yeah, that really boggled my mind back then, especially with that album with the Paul Alright one because of the instrumentation album. on it and stuff. I was like, whoa, this is it's crazy. It's so evocative and personal. Yeah. And I thought, it, I thought it really kind of paved the way for people as well in some ways. I thought it was so... And again, I was just baffled. I was like, why is this not like everywhere? The song DL Chinaman with the scratch yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah. It's a story about... Pub and I think it's in Cabra or something, but oh my god, it's unbelievable! He's so talented. And again, to go back to yeah. the Hoppers thing, like that was the name that I was hearing around the office before I heard the music because yeah. that, that really was like, I mean, he was being championed by, like I say, Stuart Clark, yeah. maybe has some people in there, and it was just like, you know, it felt like, well, this is gonna be the guy, yeah. and not that he wasn't the guy, no, he was the guy, massively respected, yeah. but like, it, it kind of surprised didn't ascend to a higher level. Maybe it just was, it was the time, the time, yeah. people weren't ready for it, yeah, you know, and and. It, it, it is an underground sound that he has and I guess it wasn't really with Paul Alright it was a little more mainstream but people just weren't ready it's for bigger that production accent. on that one yeah, yeah. kind of yeah um, it, it, and sometimes I feel bad for him because I'm like man you are such a talented artist if you were born in any other country you probably would have been eating off this for the rest of your life you know and that's kind of hard I'm sure he's obviously had to fucking you know come to terms with that over the years and the fact that he's like left all these amazing projects and then stepped away and just disappeared to do his own thing. I think it's pretty cool as well. Is you know? like admittedly, I'm not sure myself. Is yeah. he is he done? Yeah, I mean, he's done music. With music yeah, he's yeah. done. Yeah, the last one was after the last, last one. Yeah. yeah, 
That was yeah. I think he was like pretty clear about that, wasn't yeah. he? From the outside, yeah. I think he's a tradesman now and just like living life. Fair fucks. It's a weird legacy because like the music is incredible, mm. but you wanted more for it. You no. wanted more in, in return. Like, yeah, he deserved more for it. I think so. Ah, yeah, Jesus Christ, yeah, yeah, definitely. You can't like you can't have the best person, and this is the fucking problem with Ireland, and this is why I get annoyed because like the best person that ever wrote a hip hop song or or touched the mic in Ireland never made money from it, you know. And and it's not like this is twenty years ago. He released an album last year, you know what I mean? And, like that's like that's a failing. It's somehow I don't know who's at fault. I can't point the finger at anybody. Like we're, we all are, I guess. Maybe because we don't accept it. Maybe because we it has to be really cool to accept it or something. Or some things take off, some things don't. Yeah, some things it. you can and can't control. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just hard. like, and it's not like the work clearly speaks for itself. There's no you, yeah. like you don't find a visible flaw here. No. Because it was just, it was, it's, again, it's that weird kind of ahead of its time thing. Yeah, just, ex- I think, yeah, and the accessibility. Place, the geography of, of, of all this. Yeah, like, it's these yeah, weird yeah. conspiring elements, but, like, yeah. that's why I say it's a weird legacy, because, like, the work, I mean, I don't know his personal feelings about his work, but, like, you'd, you'd hope he's massively proud, but you could understand if he was also quite wounded about it. Oh, I'd say, I'd say a mix of both. Yeah, I'd say both of those things are true. Imagine being someone being that good at, like, country music, <laughs> and everybody being, like, they're the best. <laughs> and then there's never like you know what I mean? yeah it's, it's mad isn't it yeah. I don't know yeah it's a, it's a, I think it's a weird space for for artists to be like you know to to be hailed but quietly and yeah. you know whether it's a podcast like this or whether it's someone going oh I have to give you this album but like it doesn't just kind of shoot into the stratosphere yeah I, I sometimes feel the same way as I feel about Little Dialect for like Rebel Phoenix as well a little bit. I'm mean, like every rapper is like Rebel P is fucking amazing just because we know the art form we're like we just know what he does with words. And then I'm like, why isn't he like giving his flares more? And it's just like, yeah, it's hard to see sometimes, you know? Yeah, I think we're yeah. also at the mercy of the fact that the industry doesn't exist here. Yes, I think yeah, that, like, yeah, yeah. Do you know, and, Whereas uh, in the UK, it's there. You see, it's been, and that's what yeah. I mean. I mean the fact that like there are such limited operations yeah. here. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of the operations that do are here are focused on completely different genres or they're pushing worldwide artists in this territory and that's what their foothold is for I'm not saying they're useless I'm just saying that I think that the mechanism is very different Mm. than what it would be if say you were to just transport the industry from London if you were airlifted pop it back into Dublin (laughs) I think we'd be having a totally different conversation having a ball bro but like this is th- but like if you look before the recession there were tons of record labels here you had european headquarters for the likes of um warner here you mm. had lots of different bits and bobs going mm. on and they all pulled out or went uh, under really during the recession okay so like this is what you're up against yeah it never recovered from then and it's not it's that old chestnut of oh well you know before the recession when the, when the yeah. times were going the times were really but like it's a it's 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 a literal fact that the the music industry in Ireland it like and I'm talking record labels and an actual industry where it's continuously bringing up new artists and it's mm. like nurturing new artists because I don't think you see that level of artist development here now and I could be argued against on that but no, like no, no. I don't think I'm seeing very I don't people. think I'm seeing very it's much it's the people who make it and there aren't enough of them and they don't and they themselves don't have enough 100% like, you think about the people who rep like Officer the people who yeah. who, who rep like you know I, I don't know if Lethal Dialect ever had management I, I don't know I don't know and I don't even know what it could have done for him because yeah. it's just like as you say 
it's all about like like all the music and the people who like like it's it's a combination of things. It's like the people who go to the shows, people who are making the shows or doing the shows rather, I should say, and putting out the music, and then you know maybe like they might have a, an artist manager, but that person's independent. Everyone's independent. Mm, everyone's independent. Yeah, and exactly. there's no actual ladder. You know, there are a couple of labels they might take an interest in Akko Jack or something on occasion mm. if it has taken off, if it has that academy moment as you say yourself, mm. or the numbers on socials. And yeah, shit. that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. And then even then, like I say, look at Officer. Yeah. Like I mean, like you're like there's the yeah. numbers. What what yeah. more do you fucking need? <laughs> <laughs> they have the likes of Kojak who set up Softboy Records, his own record label, did it all himself, tried to shop it around. Ireland wouldn't have him. He had to go to London. Yeah. So like, it's just... It's, so there's other genres too. That's the mad of thing. Of course, yeah. Fontaine's had to go to London as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, it's not exclusive to hip hop. Yeah. But I mean, it's just that weird thing of like, it's uh, it's a resilient genre because the people are resilient. But at a certain point you go, fuck it, I'm going to do a trade. You know, because that's, yeah, yeah, that's just how yeah, life works. That's, but also like, you're, that's why I have so much respect for all... Art, just artists in general who who continue to put out projects while fighting against the cost of living, while fighting against like mental health struggles, and people and, saying get a real job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like during not COVID, you seriously, during like. COVID, people were like, you know, like there was an actual conversation where people were like, if you're an artist, you should upskill. Meanwhile, they're going back to their apartment and just sticking on Netflix, watching soundtracks for like, and there's selling, music coming and over. And continually this. selling this country to tourists based on artists. Yeah, okay. yeah. Meanwhile, like, but not supporting. And it that's at all. a yeah. whole other conversation of like tourism over here. Like, meanwhile, they're ripping out venues and putting in plastic paddy shoy. And all of, like in a few years, there will be nothing for tourists to come visit except for plastic bullshit. And that's when they're going to be like, "Oh no, we actually How took this happen." Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. We didn't need them. No, it's the children carols. who are wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the children yeah, who are wrong. Yeah. Sake. So listen, we all need to take our November medicine, guys. <laughs> if you'll allow me that one. Uh, so Neil's top five, top date with lethal dialect at number one. Hell of a choice. Hell of a list. Ah, oh, thank you. Can I do some honourable mentions of for course. people that I've left out? Absolutely. Because it, trying to make me narrow down to top five is very I'm glad so, that you did it. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> quick, just quick. Now here's 400 names. Cello yeah. <laughs> is amazing. Yeah. It just hasn't got enough stuff out. Paro Pablo, unbelievable artist. Costello, another one from Working Class Records who's incredible. God knows, Denise Choyler, Merle, Jafaris, Mango, Rebel P, Genova. Could have gone all day. Well, like there's so many. I think as well. Cello I don't think this. <laughs> I don't think this is like the definitive list. Though. No, I th- it's I my think favorites. That, no, but I yeah. think the top, mi- sorry, the top five never is. By the way, uh, it's but, always you yeah. know the five that w- that are in our heads at this time and but, whatever. Yeah. Like, but, but what I'm getting at is, I think this could expand into a bit of a series where there could be. We could have uh, part two, part three. You know, we could mm-hmm. have like a lot of different conversations about who is up there for everybody in, yeah. in this world. So because because now, and I think like this is the great thing about it now. And being exposed to it through your music and having having to or having had the opportunity to work on your music, I've been able to see it grow like massively in the last couple of years, mm. like absolutely exponentially. So much so that like it's no surprise to me that there are more success stories now, mm. and it's like becoming while it's still very infrequent, it's becoming more frequent, mm. and I think that's a good thing. I think mm. it can only be a good thing. I don't think we can ever have too much music. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, the conversation I want my listeners to have on November the 17th is with their record player, their phone, their stereo, whatever, when November Medicine hits all the services in the world. That's Nilo's second album. And Nilo, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, thanks so much for having me. I always love coming on the show. Always Fair welcome. play. Keep always doing welcome. the lads. Keep the fucking faith. <laughs> Always a pleasure. What do you think, Sonic Architect, Adam? I think that's another fantastic show. I hope so. <laughs> um, I'm still laughing at the... Uh, you breaking down. Or you're on. 
<laughs> have to do it. No one else is doing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, I can't I can't get out. I have to show you that meme. It's so funny, Dave. It's genuinely the Paul McCartney thing. Okay. Like I will post it at the, if I can find it. I will put it at the end of the Instagram post slide okay. for everybody to see because it's so funny. Okay. And in the meantime, we're all off to try and track that down. My name is Dave Hanready. This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. Go listen to Neil's new album when it drops on the 17th. Goodbye. Thank you.